is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It's Wednesday, January 6th, 2021, season 16, episode number 92. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by GEICO, and we've got a show full of a lot of different topics. We're going to hit a lot of different things today, uh, everything from Jerry, Jerry had to say in his press conference to what Mike McCarthy had to say in his press conference, a couple of players had press conferences. Um, and in the final segment, we're going to get you guys ready for some playoff football. The Cowboys won't be involved, but we're going to pick uh, some of the games that will be happening this weekend. A lot of football happening this weekend. There will be six playoff games between Saturday and Sunday in the NFL. We're excited about it, and I'm sure you guys will be as well. Let's jump in. And first, what are you giggling uh, about, Nick? Because don't speak for me that I'm excited. You're not excited? About the NFL playoffs? Yeah. I mean, Okay, it'll be if it's on, it's on. But I'm excited about it. Okay, my bad. I didn't mean. Are to Are y'all you. excited about the oh, NFL playoffs? Wow. Yes, like absolutely. Yeah. Two days of back to back to back football games Meaningful between good football. teams. Yeah. Sign me the hell up. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you were a bigger <laughs> sports fan than that. Like I thought, yeah. If sports is on, you're excited about That's, it. And so for playoff NFL football, I thought you'd be really excited about it. But I'm I guess gonna I'm watch. Just, I'll, I'll okay, watch. That's fine. I'll watch mainly because we're getting, you're going to force us to make picks here, and then yeah, if yeah. we don't, you know, have the right picks, then we'll be talking about it next week. So I'll watch, but I'm not going to be like, oh my God, Seahawks oh. and Rams. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'll be excited. I'm I've been wow. excited since I'm, I saw it last well, week. Well, he, he, he's. He's an Arkansas fan, so he doesn't know much about that playoff wow. world. Jesus. <laughs> Are we oh taking shots like that? Like, is rails. that what we're doing right Never. now? That was Never. a shot. <laughs> Never been in the playoffs. <laughs> True. Well, we haven't either at Texas, so Never I can't really say much about you. So hadn't even been yeah. in a bowl game, you know, had a bowl game scheduled until. Oh, here we go with that. So. Nick's not happy about the fact that bowl game got <laughs> no. canceled. No, <laughs> not. But you know, you don't you want, want you want to take a few minutes to, to sound off about that. Are you good? Right. You good? That's all right. All right, let's jump in. I can I, feel the I can feel the tension here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hated that right. school let's, way yeah, before they go. backed out of the game. Oh no, I so. know, I know that whole program, the whole thing, like, school, yeah. town, program, color, mascot, <laughs> coach, wow. all of it, boom, everything. Out. Yeah, just all right. clean slate. Lord, here we go. All let's, right, <laughs> let's talk a little Cowboys football. Well, well. Um, I want to start first with with. Just kind of the big overviews. There were a couple different guys uh, that had things to say about the season. Let's start with the biggest of the guys, Jerry Jones. Um, he said yesterday that obviously they fell far short of expectations, uh, and he really missed. He said, "I really missed it uh, relative to how important it'd be to stay with the same philosophy." That's that one's on me. I'll take that one. Basically, what he was saying was their decision to to do something different on defense philosophically. Um, he puts on himself. My question for you is, how much blame do you put on Jerry versus McCarthy and Nolan with regards to them making the decision to change the defense philosophically going into this season? Let's start first with you, Nick. I don't think you know that should be on Jerry. I mean, I really, I, I don't because, and I don't think Jerry should put it on himself. 
You know, is, is, is it his job to, to figure out what the philosophy of the defense is? I mean, I, I don't think, think so. it, I don't think. It and by is. the way, there's plenty of other stuff he could take credit for that, yeah, that went wrong. I mean, you know, but but that defense needed a change. I mean, I thought that was the whole point of making changes here. Marinelli, I mean, it wasn't like it was great. It was it was okay, but it needed a change. And so it, it just it it just this was a perfect storm. What's the opposite of a perfect storm? I mean, because that, that's what this was. It just didn't work out. Yeah. It, it was just. This, it was it was not a good year for Mike Nolan to come in here and say we're going to have this complex defense because the guys weren't ready to handle it and and couldn't handle it really. So I, I don't put it on Jerry. I just put it on the fact that it, it, the coach and the players mix with the combination of COVID was just bad. It yep. was just a science experiment that just blew up. <laughs> Amber. No, I mean, I, I know that there are a lot of fans that are currently, like, upset for different reasons at Jerry Jones right now, but I wouldn't blame that on him, that specifically. I mean, you hire someone and you pay someone to do that job. That is not his job. That's the coach's job, and that's what they are being paid to do and figure out, and they should know what is right for the team and what to do, especially in a crazy year like 2020. We saw everything that was happening with COVID, how that affected football and the time being in person and all that. So why try to go in and try to change the philosophy? Instead, take that year and just try to limit the changes that you need to do because that just creates more work in an environment that isn't necessarily fit for that kind of change at the moment. So I definitely don't put that on Jerry at all. Dave. Yeah, um... You know, and I mean, the buck stops with Jerry Jones. And so every time the Cowboys come up short, he definitely deserves his share of the criticism. And to his credit, I don't know. I don't know that anybody handles criticism better than Jerry Jones. So, like, I'm not worried about it. But isn't this the classic case of Jerry Jones can't win? Like, if Jerry Jones had forced Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan to implement the defense that he wants, then it's crazy Jerry always tinkering with the team, can't get out of the way. Uh, but, you know, now people are saying, like, oh, he should have known better. He shouldn't have made him change. Like, he, he doesn't get to win in this scenario because if he had forced them to do something different, then he would be the meddlesome owner. And since he didn't, he's the absentee owner. Like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. So. He hired football people to make football decisions, and he got out of the way. That's what people want him to do. So, no, I don't, I don't put that on him. So let me ask you this. So since he, as he's talking about this and him talking so much, and this isn't the first time I've heard him talk about the fact that he really feels like the problem this year was trying to do too much on defense, trying to change too much too fast under these circumstances. Do you think that that is leading him in his mind to opt to go the route of keeping Mike Nolan because he thinks that maybe some of these decisions were a little bit or at least the performance was a little bit out of his control based upon the circumstances of COVID and not being able to really implement the things they want to implement. Let's start with you, Amber. To me, the way I see it is that if we, as viewers, see it from afar, you, as a coach that is up close and very close to the team and everything, and watches film over and over again, you should notice things. So. That, that's my problem. It's like when we get to see it and then they don't really see it, or maybe they do see it, but they don't really talk about it to the media, all that. That's, that's my problem. I don't think that... I just don't have the patience for it, and I keep talking about it. I'm, like, I'm trying to be a patient person, and I know that Jerry, he's a very patient guy. He's a, 
he he likes giving people the benefit of the doubt and great on him because in some cases that really has worked out but in some other cases this this is just a scenario where me personally I wouldn't give it another year just because it, it just took way too long there's no reason why we had to wait until the end of December to start seeing some improvement, basic, basic improvement as far as like will and power, like the fight to want to play football on the field and play decent football. So to me, I just, I don't know. I just don't have the patience for it and it, it, they need to make that change. And I don't know if Jerry will, will make that change or not. Dave. I think I can probably speak for all of us when I say like nobody nobody likes to like you don't want to put your hand in somebody else's pockets and like nobody likes talking about whether or not somebody should lose their job. Having said that, I just, I even though I just sort of defended Jerry and the you know the decision to to change the scheme like uh to to Amber's point I just think there's a certain standard that you have to hold an NFL team to regardless of the circumstances and there's two teams in the playoffs right now with first year coaching staffs and all the changes that go on you know go into that Cleveland and Washington both managed to put together playoff seasons despite all of that and you know compared to the offense at least the Dallas defense like they didn't face nearly as much hardship. Yeah, there was injury in the secondary. You didn't have Leighton for a decent chunk of the season. You lost Gerald McCoy. That's stuff that happens in any NFL season. Uh, and, you know, to allow the most points in franchise history. And, you know, the Cowboys are a proud franchise, but they've had some bad seasons, like some really bad seasons. Um, it doesn't sit well with me. And just the depth of the ineptitude is not something that I think any NFL team should ever have to experience. So, you know, they picked it up at times over the second half of the season, but I, I don't think that's enough for me to to have faith that it's worth giving it another go. And to your point, Dave, I, I actually heard Jerry also mention on that on that uh, conference call or on that uh, that press conference um, that that he also felt like this. Um, that they weren't that there were no he pointed out that there were teams that also had first year head coach coaches that were in the playoffs so he's well aware of that and that's something that that at least in in that context he was willing to throw out there publicly uh, that that there were other teams that handled this much better than the Cowboys did uh, under the same circumstances Nick what are your thoughts there uh, I'll ask you Derek what day is it Tuesday Wednesday yeah Wednesday what month is it January see those are that's the way you answer a question that you know the answer. But Mike Nolan, the question was asked twice to Jerry Jones. He had long answers. Mm -hmm. Didn't even mention Mike Nolan by name. Went around and round and round and round and round. I think if he was coming back, he got asked twice. Like, wait, wait a second, you didn't answer the first time. What about Mike Nolan? Well, you know, and I'm I'm upset we're not in the playoffs and all that. So that's a great point. Like, you, that's the thing about Jerry, and you, and you guys have covered him for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's often not what he says. It's often what he chooses not to say. Right. right? Yeah. Because he's the king of that emphatic, like, yes. <laughs> oh, when he wants yes. to make a, an emphatic point, he certainly does. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he, all, he often says, I'm not trying to be trite. Well, sometimes he is. Sometimes he is. <laughs> and, and he I'm, didn't start <laughs> that one with, I'm not trying to be trite. Right. right? I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, again, I'm not, Dave said it best, you know, I mean, we're not trying to, you know, say, oh, this guy should be fired. But yeah. you, you should make a change. Yeah. And um, I, I think it, I think it's uh, there's a change needed, and I think it just if Jerry really was going to not make a change, I think he probably would have said it. I've been emphatic about saying it. I think so. But I also think that there's probably some more 
digesting that he has to do with yeah. regards to looking at everything. And, and as Jerry does well, oftentimes, get opinions from a lot of different people because he tends to do that. And he'll talk to a lot of different people, and I think that's when he'll have a, uh, an opinion on what he really wants to well, do. Well, everybody thinks that Jerry's the guy that, that comes in and just tells the coach what to do. I mean, and maybe I'm sure it's happened before. And, it, and I'm sure it happens with other teams. Yeah. And here we are in this first season, and he, he, the last thing he wants to do is tell Mike McCarthy what to do uh, on this. Uh, but – Sometimes you have to step in, and and I don't know. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe he's not let go. Maybe he's reassigned. But either way, I think you have to have some changes on this, the way the scheme is. On the question of Nolan, uh, Demarcus Lawrence on his press conference, uh, he was asked about Mike Nolan. His quote was, "When you're playing with young guys, you have to take into consideration that some things that are easy for me, speaking of himself, won't be for the next person." He respects Nolan. Uh, as the man, because he looked as a man. I'm sorry, because he looked himself in the mirror and he adjusted. That being said, does this, in your mind, signal um, that players, at least some players, think Nolan got better and should have been, cons- and and that should be considered when determining his future? Dave, let's start with you. I mean, I, that's a nice thing for him to say that he looked in the mirror, but I like I don't hear that and just think of it as a ringing endorsement. And you know, Demarcus Lawrence is—he's got a pretty strict philosophy. Going back to my point, you know, he he does not enjoy talking about other people's jobs. You try to get him to talk about like Zeke or Dak's contract, and so like I, I don't know if Demarcus Lawrence is going to come right out and you know put that out there, but. Just trying to read between the lines, that doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement that he's like, this is my guy. Uh, I mean, and that's kind of that's kind of where I fall, too. That's that's the point I was trying to make is like, yes, the defense got better after like Halloween, like after that Washington game, they cleaned it up a little bit. The first Washington game, they cleaned it up. But was it good enough? Like, was it just this transformation that you're like, yes, we are headed in the right direction or did it go from historically awful to still pretty bad, you know? And is that enough to merit sticking with this? And I don't think it is. Okay. Nick. I think that I think the schedule got easier. I don't think the team got necessarily mm-hmm. better. I do think the secondary got a little better as they got their guys back. But, you know, they didn't really beat anybody, you know, good. They 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 got, you know, they got those guys to turn the ball over, you know, Mullins and and you know, what what's the uh, Brandon Allen from yeah. Cincinnati. I mean, you know, just quarterbacks that you don't consider to be that good. Kyler Murray didn't turn the ball over on him. And, you know, I don't even think Matt Ryan did, even though they won that game. And, and you know, they, they played well against Pittsburgh. But when Pittsburgh needed to score, they went and scored and won the game. So I, I, I just think that they got – the schedule got easier. I don't know if they got that better, that much better. It's just kind of the way the schedule went down. Amber. No, that, um, that's what I was going to say as well. It's like, are, are we supposed to get excited about a defense that can beat or play, play well against the losing team? Like, that, that's not exciting. I want to see them be competitive against better teams, against teams that are not losing teams. So, basically, what I'm trying to say, like, absolutely not. I'm not going to be fooled by what we saw in the second half of the season, towards the end of the season. I'm not going to be blinded by those all those takeaways that they were able to get. But at the same time, I will say this, there, and I mentioned it earlier, I did see some improvement as far as the their will to play. You know, at the beginning of the season, we saw these guys with no 
drive, no desire. Like there was like the passion missing out there. But then towards the second half, we started seeing that. And I don't know if that was maybe the effect of being criticized so much. And you know, all over social media, I mean, these guys want to say they don't pay attention to the outside noise, but that's very hard to keep away. So I'm sure that did have an effect in the locker room in between these guys. So I don't know how much credit to give Mike Nolan as far as that, but just overall, I don't think that it was enough. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Dak Prescott. There were some very interesting things that Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy had to say about it, including Jerry saying who he thinks now has the leverage in these negotiations. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Your chance to tour AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. You can run on the field, see the locker rooms, and so much more. Tours are available daily. For details, visit attstadium.com slash tours. That's AT&T Stadium where the tours are. I don't think they're available at the Star. No, they are not available at the Star. Okay. We will not see anybody walking past not yet. this room right now anytime soon, I don't think. Well, let's get them back in before right. we get If I the get Amber and Dave back in, yeah. that would be good. I don't need other people <laughs> walking around right now. All right. Um, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Geico. And uh, now we want to flip the conversation to Dak Prescott because Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy both had very interesting things to say about Dak. Let's start first with Jerry. He said, on the topic of leverage in this negotiation, his, his, his quote was, I don't know how you could have any more, speaking of Dak's leverage in this negotiation. Uh, my question for you guys is, how significant is it that Jerry says this publicly? And what kind and how much leverage do you think the Cowboys still have? Let's start first with you, Nick. I, 
I don't know. I think he's negotiating right there. I think that when he's talking to the media, I think he's that's a, a way of negotiating. I don't know. I find it hard to believe that if Jerry really, really thought that, that he would say that. So, you know, I mean, and I don't know if I really agree with it. I, I don't know if there's leverage there for either side. I really? Mean, not, not really. I mean... If Dak would have played throughout the season the way he was playing and all that, then yeah. But I mean, and then he, he gets hurt, so I I don't know. I, I I don't know if there's leverage really either, either way. And then the fact that he said it makes me think that it's probably still somewhere in the middle. I don't know. Amber, I don't really have. I don't know what to make out of it. I don't know if that really makes me feel any different than I already did in the past. Uh, but it makes me wonder, I mean, and you guys know more about contracts and all that, and I know that we still don't know how the whole cap thing is going to be affected this year with the whole COVID thing and all the like money that the NFL lost this previous year. But would that affect how much money they offer, Dak? Or like, does yeah. that number change or does it stay the same? It, I mean, that's, well, that's part the of the negotiation. I yeah. mean, that's the big problem is... That's, you I mean, Dak is going to want what he wants regardless of the salary cap. You know, Stephen Jones loves to say that's not the player's problem to figure out how to make it work. But that's what's going to make it tricky. Well, that, that's, the, that's the biggest question then. I mean, where does that land? Because you keep talking or they keep talking about, okay, you have to keep in mind, yes, Dak Prescott is our main priority. But at the same time, you have to keep in mind that we need to have guys around him that can make it work as well and for that you need to pay that talent as well so it just makes me wonder I mean does that uh, drive the conversation somewhere else do they give him the franchise tag or I don't know I just see it maybe this might be another year where maybe he does get a franchise tag based on like you don't really know what's going to happen with the whole NFL uh, income and cap salary and again that is not a conversation I can discuss much about because I don't know but it's just uh, there's a lot of unknown when it comes to finances around the NFL right now yep. so I don't know what's going to happen there Dave I can think of one way Dak Prescott could have more leverage and if it was it's if he wasn't using crutches to get around right now um, I mean that's just kind of the unfortunate reality of the situation but I do think he's got a lot of leverage and I also think that Amber makes a good point but like again that's not Dak Prescott's problem and we know that yes the salary cap is going to be impacted right now but it's going to go up the NFL is going to negotiate new TV deals for lots and lots and lots of money and if I was Dak and his representation I'd be like yeah that's that's tough you're going to have a cap crunch this year but it won't be there for that long because it's going to skyrocket when they sign those new deals next year or in the next you know next 12 18 months whenever that is um so I don't know. I don't know if Dak has the maximum leverage, but I think he's got a lot of it. And me personally, I don't disagree with y'all that maybe this is a negotiating tactic. But to me, I think Jerry Jones recognizes that if he wants Dak Prescott to be his quarterback, he's he's going to have to pay a premium for it. And there's just not really a way around that. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting that maybe he doesn't mean every word of what he said, but to me, it says he recognizes that and. Maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I hope it means it leads to them getting a deal done sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, I, I do kind of agree with that because, and, and I, I a little disagree with you a bit, Nick, on that because I think the leverage really is on Dak's side. Now, I don't, I know Jerry and Steven, and I've been in negotiating, not with players, I've been in negotiations with them on business things. They're very shrewd negotiators. So they don't say anything that doesn't have, that, that they're not going to use at some point. Right. So this is, this is all a part of their negotiations. Like it's, it all goes into it. But I will say this I think time is on Dak's side. The longer this thing goes on, the more leverage Dak has. And the reason why is because after this next season, like the Cowboys, we all agree, I think we all agree, that there is a likely chance that the Cowboys are going to franchise tag him even before they get a deal done going into this offseason. Mm-hmm. If they're going to franchise him, then basically Dak can sit there and say, okay, so there are one of two options. You can either give me a long-term deal of what I want, or I play on the franchise tag this year, which means I'm going to make, what, 30, I think it's 38, 39, yeah. something like that, this year. And then next year, it's going to be cost prohibitive for you to franchise me again. So I become a free agent, and I can go. And if, as long as there are other teams out there that are willing to pay him what he's asking for in a contract demand, he owns the leverage. He just plays this year at that 38, 39, whatever that number is that's the franchise tag this year, and then he's free, right? So to me, the more time goes on, the more leverage he has if the Cowboys don't want to risk losing him because he can determine what he does after yeah, this next year. I don't agree with that at all. Why? Because, because what if he – I mean, he went 8-8 eight and eight the year before. Hmm? He went 1-2-3 and two and three this year. If he doesn't do if he if he has another year where he's not got his team in the playoffs, then and what if he gets hurt again? See, before he has never gotten hurt. Now he got hurt and he didn't play that well, or his team didn't play that well beforehand. So, so the more time goes on, I think the price tag actually goes down. And I'll actually say something you guys will all disagree with. I think it is Dak's problem. You say it's not Dak's problem to figure it out. I think partially it is his problem. He's the leader of the team and the quarterback. So he can sit there, and you can beat Deshaun Watson and get $40 million a year, but who's around you? So I think in, in this weird year, of, of, and yes, the cap may go up, work with the team, they'll work with you. You want to be the quarterback of the team? You know you got more money in your pocket because you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That is a fact. Nobody can argue that. But work with the team here and let them, and let them figure out this thing as they get by this unique year. I think it is his problem. Let's go back to that winning argument. Okay. I have two words for you, Kirk Cousins. You don't have to be a winning quarterback to make a ton of money in the NFL. All you have to do is be a quarterback that has promise. You have to be a quarterback that teams look at and say, is he better than what we got, number one? And number two, is he good enough where if we, if we can do certain things, yeah. that we can, he can take us to a championship? And I don't think there's any doubt that Dak Prescott is that kind of quarterback, I, regardless of whether okay. they go 8-8 eight and eight this year or not. I've never been in a fight, but if I got hit in the face twice, I think the third time I'd have my hands up. So at some point, the league's going to have their hands up, and they say, these guys are not worth it. And the Cowboys are trying to do that right now. Yeah, the difference is, the difference is, you're talking from a standpoint of a franchise that's had a quarterback for a while. Yeah. Go back go back and be that franchise that you were back in 2002, 2003, where you were sitting there without a quarterback, and every Sunday it was like, I don't know how we're going to win because our quarterback's not better than their quarterback. You do that for 10 years, like some of these franchises have, and, and you're a lot – like you're that, you're that starving man that takes that saltine cracker and thinks it's a Ritz. Like you take, you'll take whatever you can get. Because you have been dealing with really, really bad quarterback play, and you know you can't win with really, really bad quarterback play. I would also like to throw in there, I feel like there's a lot of hand-wringing about, you know, you pay Dak, you can't surround him with any talent. How? The talent's all already here. 
like, I mean, you know, the, the tackles got hurt this year. That's bad luck. But they're great players that are under contract. The running back is under contract. Two of the three receivers are under contract for the foreseeable, foreseeable future. You've got an all-pro defensive end. Yeah, like the defense needs a lot of work. That's what you have draft picks for. And oh, by the way, when they were paying Dak $400,000 a year, they weren't bringing in all this crazy talent. They were just re-signing their own guys. Like, you had the cheap quarterback play and you didn't do anything with that cap space while you could. So where where is all this concern about not adding talent? Like, the cornerstone pieces that you need to be successful are here, and you use the draft to fill in the rest. But Dave, are you are you so kind of talking? Really are you kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth a little bit opinion. there? Because if you're saying they already got the talent here, then that means they did take <laughs> advantage of those years to bring all that talent in. They couldn't have built all the talent you're saying they have right now if they didn't take advantage of those years to get the talent, right? No, they well they use their cap space. Well, they use some of their cap space to retain the guys that they had. But, but that's I still mean, built. This it, is not a team. If they have talent it, now, they still my, built it. This right? This is not a. This is not a team that's been cap strapped in the last five years, though. Like they have had money that they could have spent to make the team better in other ways, and they didn't do it. And and that's I mean that's an organizational philosophy. That's they don't want to they don't want to be big spenders in free agency, and that's okay. But to act like. You know, like, people are like, oh, my God, if we didn't pay Dak, we'd be able to get all these guys. Like, they're not going to do that. They haven't in almost a decade. But you said they weren't cap-strapped. That's because their quarterback was making less than, I mean, making about a million. Well, I mean, now he's going to now he's gonna make, I mean, there are, they made, he made $31 million this year, and, and they weren't, you know, they, they weren't a deep football team. They didn't have a lot of depth, and they got you know, a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but. I don't know. Thirty-one million. Now he's maybe he's going to make forty. That's a nine million dollar difference. Do you know anyone that makes nine million? I know a few people on the other side of the building that make nine million. About, I don't know anybody the, on this show that makes. How about nine the other million. side of the ball? Huh? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Makes, so you're saying so you're saying you could solve one problem by getting rid of another? It's about nine million. <laughs> I can think. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm following you. You know, I we're going to get to that in a second because I actually do have a a quote from someone on the other side of the ball and he's going to tell you what he thinks about that idea of whether you should keep him around or not uh we're going to take our final break we'll come back we'll hear from mr jalen smith and uh we'll do our when we come right back this is dallascowboys.com radio we're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds it's new dr pepper and cream soda let's take a listen dr pepper and cream soda's here a new combo that's music to my ears okay let's play Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. 
Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. If you're looking for something to change up your dinner routine, and it'll help if you live in the Frisco area because you can support Frisco businesses by choosing one of 30 restaurants at the Star District. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in options, visit thestardistrict.com. All right, welcome back to the final segment of the break. We're going to go a full 30 minutes here with no commercial breaks. We got some things we still got to finish talking about from the what? I was nothing. I was cheering. Oh, from the press conferences, and then at the end of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about Jason Garrett who uh, sounds like he might get an opportunity to be a head coach sooner rather than later. We're also going to pick some of the NFL games that Nick's not excited about this weekend, but I'm Dave and I are now. extremely excited about. We can't wait to see what all is going to happen this weekend, and Amber's just like, whatever, I don't care. Um, so let's let's get back into this whole thing on Dak Prescott. Uh, stop it. Mike McCarthy Garrett. says uh, in his press conference he was very confident that Prescott's that? contract— I'm sorry, it was me clapping. He mentioned Garrett, and I was clapping. You guys can't see me. We are so I, okay. far off the rails, guys. I get it now. <laughs> we have 30 minutes to get yeah, back sorry, on the rails. Sorry. Let's go. Try all right. Yeah, we got it. We got way more time than normal. We got all the time in the world. All right. Let's go. Sure. Okay. So so Mike McCarthy says he's very confident that Dak Prescott's contract will get settled. The question is simple for you guys. Are you that confident? Amber, let's we'll start with you. Uh I'm not super confident. I'm I mean based on the things that we just talked about. But I had a question that I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, if everything had happened the same exact way as far as injuries on the team, except that Dak Prescott had stayed healthy and still be the quarterback this past season, how different do you think the record would have been for the Cowboys? Hmm. I think they would have won the division. That's two well, they wins. almost won the division. That's two wins. Yeah, and, that, and that's, well, that's my point. Eight yeah. wins. Okay. Eight, right. okay. eight and eight. Right. Okay, so Philadelphia on the road. Okay. So I mean, Danucci. They would have gotten him. one of the games against Washington at least. I think maybe both. Just just look at the play where quarterback fail, a play failed them. Philadelphia on the road and Pittsburgh. I mean, New York to finish the season. Yeah. That wasn't a good day for Andy Dalton. No, Dalton, it I wasn't. I can, and yeah. he started playing like Dak at the end, like running and doing those kind of things. Yeah. But, he, yeah, he was, but that wasn't a good day. He was day struggling. Yeah. yeah. Three to four more wins. So I, I can think question, of four games, yeah. Yeah. So I guess my question leads to, okay, and don't get me wrong, like I absolutely love Dak Prescott, and I think he is trending upwards despite the, the injury. I think that he's a really good quarterback or getting there. But – do they really need to pay someone like Dak? Or can they, if they get all these other guys healthy, fix their defensive issues, can they just get by or make it, you know, not really miss much with – and I know Dave is, gonna, is hating this question already, but it's the truth. I mean, you got to look at it that way as well. Go look at the playoffs. 
look at the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs, and then look at the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs by next weekend, and then you answer that question. Can you get by with just uh, average to less than average quarterback? I don't think you can. If, you're, if, you're, if your goals are to be a playoff contender, a Super Bowl contender, you just look at the playoffs. You can go back and look at the last 10 years of playoffs, and you tell me how many times you see a team with that kind of quarterback deep in the playoffs. Unless you've got a transcendent defense, and we yeah, definitely we don't. don't have a transcendent defense, unless you're looking <laughs> at it from the other side. We're far from that. Right. That goes actually that that kind of ties into the point that I was trying to make in in the previous segment and it's it's very fair I mean the Cowboys have spent money to keep their own players here but again to win the Super Bowl you either need a transcendent quarterback or you need a, a roster that has no deficiencies whatsoever and like a you know a great coach San Francisco last year is a perfect example Jimmy G's not this amazing were great everywhere else how did they build that team they did a little bit of everything they had top five draft picks they spent big money in free agency to bring in guys like Quan alexander and uh richard sherman and have the cowboys ever been that team do they want to be that team so and and for that matter people love to hate jerry jones for being this bad general manager who doesn't evaluate talent the right way and so what do you think is more realistic that dak grows into being a quarterback that can carry you there or that the Cowboys hit on every single note that you have to hit to have a great team without a great quarterback. I'll take my chances with the great quarterback. And I legitimately think the six best in the league right now. And two or three of the guys above him are closer to the end of their career. So I'm taking my chances with Dak Prescott every time. I agree with your premise, Dave. I don't know if I agree with how it played out with San Francisco, though. I think that San Francisco did what they did last year primarily on the strength of their front seven and even more primarily on the strength of their front four. And to me, that was all about the, bad, the, the, the idea that they were bad for so long that they were able to stockpile some really, really great first-round talent that was along that front that gave teams fits last year. And, and you're seeing the difference this year. They lost a ton of those guys this year, either to injury or to free agency. And you see that team is completely different this year than they were last year. And, and so that, that goes back to my original point, though, that I was getting to when Amber asked the question. You have to have a defense that's just so much better. And it even that defense, as good as it was last year, still wasn't good enough to put it on Mahomes, who is a better quarterback, a transcendent quarterback in the Super Bowl. So you're going to have to have either a transcendent defense. I'm talking a really, really great defense. Or you're going to have to have a quarterback that can outscore the opponent. And I don't think there's an in-between. I really don't. If you look at the history of the, of the Super Bowl, there's not really an in-between. No. No, the in-between is a team that sits there at 8-8. Eight and eight. Seven and nine. There you go. That's what this team is because and it'll creep up to maybe a thirteen and three season every once in a while, but they don't get to the Super Bowl. And I don't want to go down this road, but the problem the problem is it's just that I just don't I don't think this team is close to having that badass defense at all. They they just they're just bad, really. They don't they don't have the they don't have the other part part yet. Or they or they or they have the second part and they don't have the first part. They're either bad or they're ass, but they're not the same. They're not together. I don't know. Didn't mean to go there, but um, I feel a column coming. No, no, no. I I feel a bleep out on the on-demand version. No, I just feel like they're not they're not a badass defense, and I don't know if Dak is that elite quarterback 
that's going to just carry this team. I don't think he's good enough for that. And I don't. It's not but, a shot against Dak. I don't think he's good enough to lug this this bad team around. But do you not? He, but do you think that that's also because he hasn't gotten to that point yet? Because I I believe that if you look at how his trajectory has been. It, again, and I say this all the time, and, it, and now it's starting to sound almost like it's a cliche. Yeah. But it, it is very Russell Wilson like. But which like he stat, is, though, are you looking at? Are you looking at his stats? Are you looking at his wins? I'm looking at his play. I'm looking at how he plays. I'm looking at this year, yeah, the games he played this year, that offense was on a, their trajectory was on a level where they were heading yeah. toward like, one of the best offenses in the league. And that's in a league with those other yeah. quarterbacks that we're talking about. The difference was they couldn't hold on to the freaking ball, and that was not on Dak. That was on a bunch of other guys who couldn't hold on to the ball. Here's a stat that helps Dak. Um, he, you know, I think when he started five games, yeah. and Dalton started nine games, Dalton played three playoff teams. Um, and, so did, and so did Dak. You know, they, they lost to those games. But, I mean, and I actually can't think of the third playoff. Oh, uh, I can't think of the third playoff team that Dalton played. But Who are you thinking about? Washington, the Steelers, Baltimore? Played, no, he played Steelers. But he, I mean, two, Baltimore. Two, two Washington and Baltimore. That's what it was. Okay. Two Washington and Baltimore. And, and Dak played the Browns, the Rams, and the, the, the Seahawks. Yeah. And a lot more competitive games over there anyways. That just kind of goes to show that, the yeah, they were one and four. Two, sorry, my bad. Two and three. But they, they played much better teams. And they were in the games a little bit but more. But those games they lost – was it Dak's fault? I don't think Dak was the primary blame as to why they lost those games. I think the defense fell them, and I think they turned the ball over too much. And that was not on Dak, in my opinion. Well, it goes back to that NFC playoff mm. game against the Packers. You know, he brought him back. Yeah. But he also, there's a reason why they're down 24 points. You know, there's a reason why Cleveland was up. It's not just everybody else, not just the defense. Well, there's a reason game, why you're was it not, not the turnovers, though? Well, some of it's on Dak. I mean, like. You have to put some of it on Dak. You have to. Like they were, they didn't just lose every game for all everybody else. Like that, Dak could play a little bit better in those games, and I mean, his stats were great. But I'm just saying, it Granted, wasn't but, just Dak. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm saying though, if you look at Dak and how he played this year, I think in those games that he lost, where he started, uh-huh. I don't think the primary reason they lost was him. I think he's way down the pecking list. If you want to talk about it. if this went right that game changes. If this went right, right, that game changes. I think Dak's way down that list. I think you can get to a lot of other players before you can get to Dak on that one. So my point is, I just think his trajectory is pointing up, and I think if you keep rolling with him within another year or two, I do think this offense can be completely and totally, Dak will be the best thing that you do. They were on the road to that this year. I think Dak, by next year, the year after that, I think Dak will be the very best thing this offense does. Maybe the best thing this team does. It's not always also good what's uh what's the what's what's the alternative what's the alternative uh, what are you doing if you don't want Dak? you want to start over and build that defense that Nick has been talking well, about no you, you you take one of those guys that are that are going to be available from you know that have been hey good. I'm still what I uh, still was left wanting to see Gary Gilbert I, oh my God! I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm gonna lose it. We jump. I mean, if you want to draft a guy, that's you have to draft him. If you want to, if you want to draft a guy, that's fine. That's totally fine. I mean, the the track record over the last like six years is not great. For every Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, back. there's a lot of a lot of Blake Bortles, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, a lot of that. So it ain't are, a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. Are you saying you don't think that Dak is capable of taking a team to the Super Bowl? 
Because if you've got a quarterback in the building that you think is capable of taking a team to the Super Bowl, you definitely aren't going back to the well. If right. you got a guy that you think is ascending in the direction where he will be able to, to be able to take a team to the Super Bowl, again, you're not going back to the well. You're sticking with what you got. Are you saying you don't think that that's the case with Dak Prescott? Mm, I, I mean, not not really. I, not not oh. with the talent that that there is. I don't think he's. No, I don't. I, don't, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, and of course, because they haven't made it to the Super Bowl, I get it. They've been they've been close, but I'm just saying, the talent around him. I think he does need the talent, and the problem is, is, is that you're going to pay him forty million a year. It's hard to get those guys around him. So, it's okay though. I mean, like, there's, there's only there's twenty seven, twenty eight teams that aren't good enough to go to the Super Bowl. You know, you just said he'd be the best thing they do. Romo was the best thing the Cowboys did. It wasn't good enough. Stafford is the best thing the Lions have had for years. It wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Some teams, it's just not good enough. But that's okay. That doesn't mean you can't catch lightning in a bottle, get to the playoffs, get hot, get rolling, get in there. The best team doesn't always go to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I think, right. and I think, that's my I point. think yeah. they can compete. I mean, let me just say this. I think he's good enough to get this team to compete past the first round of the playoffs. You get to that point, anything can well, that's happen. My, that's well, then that's, but my, that's point my question. Too. Yes, then that's, my that's question. why we're yeah. on the same okay. team. Right, that's my question. Because honestly, I think if you feel like he is that caliber quarterback, yeah. you don't go back to the well. No, you, don't. you don't. You don't go back to the well, hoping that. By the way, unless you're getting the top pick in the draft, it and that's even somewhat of a of a of yeah, a gamble. Of but everybody else, like you, are really taking a 50-50 proposition on this right. thing. Why would you go back to the well when you feel like you already got a guy who can get you at least to I'm that not, point? I'm not going back to the well. To answer her question, I'm not going back to the well. I'm going to sign Dak, and we're going to try to make this thing work. But okay. it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But that's that's it's tough for all those teams. See what happens when you know. I mean, it's a tough league. It's it's a tough league. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. that's why go back and look at what Mahomes did. Mahomes gave a. You know, he got a. It's a friendly deal, even though it's fifty million a year. It's friendly. It's a friendly deal. Yeah. He worked with them a little bit. He worked with them. That's the difference. Dak's already looking at the next contract. You know, and I think that's where some of the some of the issues have been. So let me complicate this a little bit more, um, and ask you guys from the standpoint of Mike McCarthy said that uh, Dak's ankle rehab is right on course. My question for you guys is how much are you concerned about Dak's return from this brutal injury after seeing the decline of Carson Wentz, who, before his injury, Carson Wentz was, in my opinion, on his way to being one of the very best quarterbacks in the league. He has not played to that level since that injury, and I don't know if the injury is the reason why, but he certainly hasn't gotten back to that level. Does that give you any reason to be concerned with Dak coming off this type of horrific injury? Let's start with you, Dave. I'm very, very concerned, and you know, I, f- I feel guilty saying that because obviously, you know, I'm I'm the Dak Homer fan club president, and that's fine. But people people lie about injuries; they have every reason to. Uh, you know, you don't you don't want to admit that type of stuff. And you know, they spent the whole summer saying Lyle was. Reason that type of stuff happens all the time. So, I cannot take it at face value that everything's hunky-dory i need i need proof and i like i'm probably not going to get it but the cowboys need to do everything in their power to make sure that they feel confident about it and you know he's he's what he's almost three months removed from surgery so you know i would imagine you can start checking in on that seeing how it's responding seeing if there's any damage that you missed or that isn't healing properly uh, but that's between now and like March. I, I really hope that they can get a handle on how they feel about it, regardless of whether they talk about it publicly. 
Because, uh, you know, going back to Nick's point, and so I guess none of us want to go back to the well, but I think they need to have – if they feel good about it, they need to have Dak signed long-term before the draft because – you never know next time you're going to be in the top 10. And yeah. there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this smart. draft yep. class. So they need to know. They they got to know how they feel about it. And if they feel good, they need to get him signed. And if they feel bad, then they can start talking about alternative options. But that's priority number one is making sure that they're confident about his foot. Nick? Yeah, what was the question? Are you concerned? Oh, concern, How concerned yeah. are I you mean, about about the I injury thought, and looking at Car- what happened? With I Carson think that's Wentz. a great point with what Dave just made about the draft. I mean, and that's why maybe Dak doesn't have the leverage that you would think. You know, but but it just all depends. Leverage is all how you how you right. view it, and also like if he's okay saying, you know what, if I don't play here, I play in Jacksonville in three years. If he's okay, that's with the point. All that, like if his, yeah. if his whole thing is, am I going to get paid by somebody? Yeah. then he has a ton of leverage. You're right. right. You're absolutely right about that. And. That's a tricky. That's another conversation too. You know what I mean? But but second contracts are huge for all NFL players. Yeah. We get it. Um, you know, in a, fans don't want to see that. They want a little bit more loyalty there. But that's just the way it is. That's reality. It's so business you can't, of football. You can't fault yeah. him for that. Uh, for that. But I think that they're going to make it work. Um, Carson Wentz is a different thing. I think right now it's by, it's between the ears with him. Hmm. I, I, mean, I don't know that. I don't and, know and, him. But the, the question would be, did the injury contribute yeah. to what's happening yeah. between these Well, the ears? city is, is also doesn't help him. I mean, that's a tough city to play in. I think there's just a lot of things involved there. They view him as the savior. He certainly isn't. They had a lot of issues. I think he's, I think he's got good football in front of him, though. I, he's, I do, too. He's a good player. I, I I know he's not playing well, and I'm not going to compare him to Dak because he doesn't play as well as Dak and all that. But like, I in the fourth quarter when he's when they're driving, like I don't like him with the ball. Honestly, yeah. I've just seen it too many times. I feel like so. I think he'll I think he'll go to another team, get a fresh start, and I think he'll be a good player. I actually am interested to see if if the rumors are true that that Indianapolis would want him, where he's back with Frank Reich, who was his offensive yeah. coordinator. When that year when he was in uh, in Philadelphia, and and they're they like you know they got Philip Rivers right now who's older. It'd be a nice little transition to just put wins right in there. Let me tell you the difference between Indianapolis and Philly if you need one. (laughs) Oh, there's Uh, lots. When we go to the buses, (laughs) yeah. I remember my first year, 1999. We played Indianapolis. We were there, and we got about six or seven people out in the parking lot giving us that brutal thumbs down, like boo, you guys. Yeah. Philly. A couple weeks later, eggs, birds, moons. They threw birds at us. They. Oh, that kind of bird. Okay. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> different. Birds. Philadelphia, Indianapolis, a little bit different. Sorry. Yeah. It is a little bit different. <laughs> All right. Amber, what do you think? Well, as someone that absolutely freaks out about any little injury, for some reason, I don't feel as concerned about his recovery. I think that he's going to recover well and be able to play well. But my question or my worry would be, his running game is he going to be able to run and that's one of the things that adds value to his game is his ability to use his legs and I don't mean to sound like a broken record because I mentioned the red zone a lot and that is still a big area of concern for me and the Cowboys inability or inability to find some kind of success in in the red zone and that's my biggest question I mean Dak has been 
able to be a weapon, a big weapon in the red zone. And some of the times that they've been able to get in there in the end zone has been because of Dak's ability to use his legs and run in there. So that's that would be the area that concerns me and that would be in the back of my head. Can he still run? Can the Cowboys still utilize that side of the game? Because I think that one of his biggest values is in his legs and his ability to run. So that would be the area of concern. But as far as recovery overall and him still being in the pocket and being able to throw the ball well, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Amber. And I actually I actually think of it more, will the Cowboys try to limit him from running more than him trying to stop himself or not being able to run? We heard Jerry talk several times after the injury about just how much danger you put a quarterback in when you when you use them in that way. I really do wonder if they're going to try to take a step back with how much they decide to use him. And I think that is such a critical part of his game. If you take it away from his game, I don't think he's the same quarterback. So I think yeah. they're going to have to keep it in while trying to be smart with him and maybe teaching him how to slide a little bit more <laughs> and know when the ride's over but rather than taking some of the hits that he takes. Yeah, there's no doubt, though, the team is better when he runs the ball. No doubt. And, and, and I think she's right. I mean, I think the red zone – uh, that's the biggest difference. I mean, Dalton did okay at times. I mean, he, he, he was he was what you thought he would be come in there. Uh, if he had the offensive tackles, I think they would have been better. Zach Martin, he, he would have been a little bit better. But I think during the red zone issues, I mean, that's where Dak's value is really enhanced. So um, I, I hope he's still that guy that still will, will run and mm-hmm. not even think about it. And I think he will be. I think yep. he'll be that guy. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and we already over. We already Go-Dick. know he's um, – Go ahead, Sorry, I just—I mean, he's got a quarterback. He's got a quarterback coach that he spends the offseason with. Just hire a base running coach while you're at it. <laughs> Russell Wilson right. runs all the freaking time, and he never gets hurt because he never gets hit because he slides like a baseball player because he played baseball. So you can learn that stuff. Just go spend. You know, once you're able to move around, go spend the offseason with I a base running coach. You're gonna say something else. <laughs> He said he slides like a baseball player. I thought it was. I know. He's that smart. Kind of show, huh? That's I'm what not, I say. I'm not criticizing. That's what I say. Though. I'm not criticizing you. Know, either. I, I think you should. If I'm slide on the competition committee, that that's the first thing that's going out is the slide <laughs> out. All right, let's uh, let's move wow. up to the NFL. Let's talk about Jason Garrett. Uh, reports are that Jason Garrett that the Chargers have requested an interview with Jason Garrett for their head open head co- head mm-hmm. coaching job. Uh, my question for you guys is: After all the years you guys spent covering Jason Garrett, do you think Jason will be a successful head coach head coach somewhere <laughs> else? Stop it, Nick. Let's start with you. Absolutely, absolutely. I just wanted to use his term. Um, oh, okay, good. You know, he's he's. Jason Garrett is a good is a good football coach, and he has been for a long time. And I think that he will do a good job there. I think he'll have a quarterback. Uh, it's good. If, if that's if that's the the route for them, yeah, I think I think that would be good. Um, you know, is he going to excite the fan base? No, but do they have fans? Yes, they have fans. I mean, not a geez. lot, not a ton, not a t- I mean, not very many. Not I mean, they got some fans. All right, they, they, they don't own their city. They pissed off another city. I'm just saying they don't own the state. There's there's not a ton of Charger fans in the world, whatever. But there's some. Doesn't matter. He's an efficient, prepared coach. He'll do a good job with a young quarterback. He's done well with Romo when he was offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Romo's early years, he did well with Dak. I think you could say he did well with Daniel Jones. But I mean, there's injuries and stuff there and different issues. I think he'll do well with the quarterback if he's there. I think it'd be a good move. Yep. All right, Amber. You know what? I think that he 
he will be able to find some kind of different success. Obviously, you got to have a, like good players and all that. But just as a head coach overall, I think that him becoming a, a an offensive co an offensive coordinator over there in New York kind of helped him take a step back and kind of self-review and evaluate himself. Honestly, I was very impressed with what he did in that first encounter with the Cowboys this year. The first game we played against them, it impressed me because he did some things that were unusual, that we didn't see the Cowboys. And I know his role was different, but at the same time, there were things that were creative. There were plays that were not something that you would predict from Jason Garrett. So I feel that he has been able to get out of his comfort zone a little bit and just kind of be more with up to date of the time, like what's happening currently now in the NFL. So I think that that helped him take a step forward. And if he does get a head coach job, I believe that he would do better than what he's done here in the past. All right, Dave. I do think, I mean, Jason Garrett is, he's not awful, obviously. I mean, he was here for a decade. They made the playoffs regularly, and they were always relevant. Like, they only had one legitimately awful season during the time that he was here. But I just, I think the Chargers could do better in terms of making an inspired hire, especially because if I was going to hire Jason Garrett, I would probably, I would do it if I was a team that like needed a total culture revamp like doesn't know how to win doesn't know how to be successful doesn't know how to be professional like you know the browns before they got baker when they were like one in 35 i would hire jason garrett to turn a franchise like that around i don't think the chargers need that like they were 12 and 4 two years ago they've got really good veteran players on that team joey bosa I don't know what Melvin Ingram's contract status is, but he's a hell of a player. Derwin James, Keenan Allen, and then, I mean, Justin Herbert's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. He's a badass. I and and I, just, I don't know. Jason Garrett would bum me out if I was a Chargers fan because he's just going to come in and like he's, he's an old-school guy. You're probably not going to get the bells and whistles that you want for a hotshot young quarterback. I'm trying to hire a young, energetic guy who can be the Sean Payton to my Drew Brees for the next 15 years. Like, that's ideally who I would try to hire. Uh, so, I think, I mean, sure, <laughs> Kellen Moore is a great example of what I'm talking about. It, yeah. It's not going to be him, but. Right. Um, so, you know, I, Jason Garrett will maybe get another shot in the NFL, and I think he could do well with it, but. That would bum me out if I was a Chargers fan, to be honest. Yeah, I'm actually kind of with you on that, Dave. I actually was thinking like a franchise like Detroit right now, I think would be the kind. If I were Detroit, I would be looking at somebody like Jason Garrett, somebody I wanted to bring in. I got a team that doesn't really know who they are right now or what they're doing. Uh, you know, their quarterback probably is going to be gone, a quarterback that's been there forever. So you kind of have to rebuild things. And I think that's where Jason would be at his best in a situation where you kind of take rubbles and you kind of just start creating this, this base and this building block. Now, he may not ever get you to the promised land, but he can at least establish something for you that then you're ready to go get another coach that maybe can get you there. And by the way, there's still the possibility that he actually may end up being a kind of coach that could get you to the promised land. He just couldn't do it here. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's a good enough coach where if the pieces all align, I do think he could possibly do it. Uh, but I agree with you, Dave. I think it, it's a different kind of situation where I think he flourishes best. All right, real quick before the end of the show, I'm going to round table and we're going to pick all the games that are going to happen this weekend. There are six of them. Nick's not excited. Amber's not excited. But me and Dave, we are over the moon excited. So let's go. We're going to pick all six no, of these neutral. games. I'm neutral. 
<laughs> okay, my bad. You're neutral. Nick's on the other side, and me and Dave are sitting over here just excited. So we're going to pick off six I games. I bet I watched more games than her this weekend. I'm I'm betting so, but so that's probably. also why I thought Good that's bet. also why I Good was bet. saying you were excited, but you're not excited. I mean, so, I, hey, there's a lot of things that are on my TV I don't get excited about, but they're on the TV, so that's what it's what happens. Okay, that's also you got like a wife. Well, and I'm just kids saying, and, you just will so, watch it, you know. and it'll be it'll be good. Let's go. Let's let's All right, here get we go. excited. We're gonna go around. We don't have to give scores as we do at the Cowboy game. We're just gonna pick winners. Indianapolis versus Buffalo. Let's start with Nick. Buffalo, Buffalo, Amber. Uh, Buffalo. All right. Dave. I'll be supremely disappointed in Buffalo if they don't make the AFC title game. So I I think they kick the Colts' butts, honestly. Yep. I agree with all you guys. Buffalo wins That's this gonna game. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one to watch. It will because Indianapolis is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated teams that are in the playoffs. It'll, so I think it's going to be interesting. It'll be a physical football game. It absolutely Colts will be Colts and Bills. That, 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 there's mm-hmm. two teams that really hit. No doubt game. about it. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, Los Angeles Rams versus Seattle Seahawks. Nick. Don't know the status of the quarterback. Uh, Sounds like he's not playing this weekend from what I heard last. Dave, okay. have you heard about that? The Rams? And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Russ then. Because, uh, not off the top of my head, I'll unfortunately. Go. I'm sorry. Uh, it'll be a tough game. I was thinking maybe go with that upset, but I'll go with Russ. I mean, Russ, at, well, I say at home, but whatever. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I've been there. It's very It's not really right home, now. but yeah. But I'll go with Russ. Okay. Amber. Seahawks. You can't pick against Russell unless they're playing against the Cowboys, so I'm going to go with Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. You know what? Like, I joke about a lot how Nick hates Matt Stafford, and, and that's how I feel about Jared Goff. Like, I don't care that he's been to a Super Bowl. I don't, like, whatever. I don't think he's that good. And he might not even play, so I can't. Yeah, I'm not picking against Seattle. You know, the interesting thing here, I actually had a lot of thought about this game because I think this is the kind of game with the coach that they have, I actually think he could probably take a backup quarterback because again, I don't think I agree with you, Dave. I'm not a big golf fan. Like I think golf is okay. I don't think he's great. I think this year they've done a lot of what they've done defensively, and that defense is still going to be intact. So, it I really went back and forth on this, but at the end of the day, I still had to go back and say he's still got to go and beat Russell Wilson, and I don't think they beat Russell Wilson. So I think Seattle gets the win here. All right, Tampa Bay versus Washington. Nick, Washington, no doubt. Okay. I, I really Are you do. being serious? No, here? dead serious. Washington. Okay. I yeah. think I think the teams that give him Tom Brady the problems are the ones that really get up in his face and give him That's a, a great point. And I and I just think that yeah. I just think Washington will will win the game. I mean, I, I'm sorry, Tampa. I know they've won a Super Bowl in the past, and Tom Tom Brady. I just think why well, I just feel like the teams that sneak in like this, the seven and nine, the eight and eight team that shouldn't be there, they shouldn't be. They win. I've seen yeah. it happen a couple of times. I think I'm going to go Washington. All right, Amber. You know, it, it's hard to pick a playoff game against uh, Brady, but at the same time, I just have a feeling that if Washington might actually sneak in there just because it's going to make Cowboys fans even more miserable than what they already <laughs> are. So just for the sake of that, I think uh, it could end up playing out that way with Washington winning just so we can feel even worse about the 2020 season. <laughs> All right. Amber. I'm okay. sorry, Dave. Wow. Hey, <laughs> I need to shave, I guess. Um, 
Not well. Okay, AG. First of all, like I mean, they're different matchups. Like Dallas doesn't have the pass rush to mess with Brady. I mean, I think Brady would have carved the Cowboys up. But I agree with y'all. I feel silly that all three of us think that. But Brady turns into a pumpkin when he's got pressure in his face. That front is disgusting. It's going to be like near freezing on Saturday night in Landover. Mm-hmm. I think Washington's going to win too. Wow. That's the crazy thing is I came into the show <laughs> thinking I was going to go Tampa Bay. And then Nick made that point. And I was like, that's an excellent <laughs> point. It's so true. Like, that is who Brady is. And by the way, that's how this year th- that same thing has played out. Early in the season, when they had their struggles this year, it's been when okay. Brady was getting pressured. Before, and, you, before you make this pick, right. Dave has made it clear all year. He's like, the whole the whole table should be picking can't. them. So the whole table should not <laughs> you're, be picking I mean, against Tom Brady here. I know, no, you're I right. Know. It all you're right. makes so, no sense no, whatsoever. Why? Sneak a W on all of us here and get and take this. Uh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, you, you Bucks, talk. The Bucks, Bucks are going to win forty-two here. to ten. Now I'm, that we've I'm said go, this, I'm going to go with the Bucks. You guys went right. with, with Washington. I'll go with the Bucks. All right, Baltimore, Tennessee, Nick. Who? Uh, oh God, Baltimore. I guess. Okay. Uh, Superman. I mean, he goes. I mean, goes to the locker room number twos, comes back, wins the game. I mean, he's he's, he's the man. <laughs> Lamar. Going for Lamar. <laughs> Amber. I'm actually I actually wrote down the Ravens as well. Um, I don't know. Honestly, there's no reasoning behind it. I just see them. I don't know their little logo and their little. <laughs> Beak and then just like I, for some reason it just calls my attention and it intimidates me a little bit more than the other teams. So I'm gonna go with the Ravens before, for absolutely no reason. Before Dave steals my, my before he steals my point, the reason why is us. I think that they have a, a strong enough defense that will limit Big Boy in Tennessee. I mean, he can go off, but I think Baltimore's team can be a, a defense that can kind of control him. Dave. I think this is the matchup of the weekend, honestly. I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, the Ravens have rushed for 1,100 yards in the last month of the season. You know, they went for 300 against the Cowboys. They've been running over everybody. Tennessee is quietly not very good against the run. I think people think that they are because they're physical and Mike Vrabel, but they're kind of leaky against the run. So uh, uh, give me the Ravens offense against Derrick Henry trying to do it all himself. All right, I think we all agree on that. I'm also on the train of Baltimore. I think they get the win this weekend. Chicago versus New Orleans. New Orleans. Amber? Just easy. Yep. All right, Dave? Okay, this is – I don't have the guts to pick Chicago because it's (laughs) in the Superdome. It's indoors. But, you know, the the spread is 10. Everybody just assumes the Saints are going to roll. Uh-uh. This game went to overtime in the regular season – Drew Brees is not the Drew Brees of years past. Like, he doesn't throw the ball as well as he used to. This offense has had stretches where it's very stop and start. I think this is going to be a dogfight. Like, I'm, I'm going to pick the Saints to win, but I feel like people are writing off Chicago. Like, Chicago's played pretty well over the last month, and they've got a nasty defense that's going to get in Brees' face. I bet, I bet the Saints win by, like, six or less. 
Yeah. I, I will say this. I think New Orleans has a nastier defense, and I think they'll be – I yeah. mean, like Chicago's offense is much worse than New Orleans. I think that's the difference. I think this is a defensive game. I don't think it's a high-scoring game, but I do think New Orleans wins this game. Bears are one of the two teams in the NFL history to have a six-game losing streak and still make the playoffs at hmm. some point in the year. I mean, that's that's turning that's it amazing. around. I mean, yeah. that's like that's, six that's games. You're, you're thinking draft show, yeah. you know, but – Damn, it's amazing. All right, final game, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Where do we go, Nick? I go with Pittsburgh. I, I, Cleveland, I think, is a mess right now. I mean, the, the coach isn't going to be Coach coaching. will not be able to coach nah, this weekend. Their head coach. And, or, and I think he's the play caller, isn't he? Yeah and, yeah, and and Cleveland, if you go back and look early in the season, I know things have been different then, but Cleveland was rolling. Pittsburgh stomped them. Even last week, they weren't even playing a lot of their guys, and it was a pretty close game. I like Pittsburgh on this one. All right, Amber. Uh, I really, really, really want to pick uh, the Browns, but it's just hard given their current situation and, you know, them not being able to really practice this week in person and all that. So, uh, man, I, do, I want the Steelers to lose, but I think that this game, it's going to be a win for the Steelers. All right, Dave. I kind of think the Steelers are frauds, but I also kind of think the Browns are frauds. Uh, and not only are they frauds, but like they're not used to the spotlight. Like, hey, good for them. I mean, they won 11 games. Obviously, like they've come so far. They deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, but they're not used to playing in games like this. Nick, I mean, they barely beat Pittsburgh last week with Mason Rudolph in at quarterback. They've gotten stomped by a lot of the better teams they've played. They lost to the Jets a couple weeks ago. Oh, and they're not going to have their head coach. So, I mean,. I'm not a big believer in Pittsburgh, but I just I don't believe in the Browns at all. Yeah, I couldn't have said it even any better, Dave. Yeah, I, I think the exact same thing. All right, so we all picked uh, Pittsburgh as well. Uh, we'll see how all this plays out. There'll be a lot of really good was, games this weekend. Was there any game where we where we differed? Tampa Bay, Washington. I picked uh, Washington, it. and everybody else picked Tampa Bay. I mean, I picked Tampa Bay. Everybody picked Washington. Yes, all the other games we were we were all. All four. That ain't a good sign. No, it's not. That is not a good sign. For the teams that we picked against, yes, that's not a good sign. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next week and see where we landed. And we'll get you ready for the games the following week. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!